Hi there and welcome to the Press Gallery, Edmonton Journal's weekly politics podcast, the Drop That Writ edition. It is October 2nd, 2014, and my name is Sarah O'Donnell. I'm an editorial writer here at the Journal, and with me today to talk over the big news in Alberta politics, our city columnist, Paula Simons. Hello. We've got provincial affairs reporter, Mary Ibrahim. Hello. And provincial affairs columnist, Mr. Opinionated, Graham Thompson. <laughs> Hi, Sarah. <laughs> Well, after what felt to me like an eternity, when's he going to drop the writ? When's he going to drop the writ? Jim Prentice finally on Monday dropped the writ and announced a date for four by-elections, not just three, but four. They include one in Edmonton and three in Calgary. I want to talk about what we expect from these uh, by-elections and the next four weeks. Is it four weeks-ish of campaigning? Three 28 weeks? days, yeah. 28 days of well, campaigning. From the beginning, yeah. And I'd like to go riding by riding and talk about the four races, why the seat is open, and who's going to go after it for each party. So where should we start? Do you guys want to start here at home? And, and Miriam, why don't you talk to us about Edmonton White Mud? Who are the candidates? And, and remind us why that seat is even open in the first place. Absolutely. So uh, first of all, Albertans are going to the polls in these four by-election ridings, uh, October 27th. So mm. um, by tomorrow when this airs, that'll be 24 days. Uh, it was vacated by our former Premier, Dave Hancock, and the uh, PC leader who resigned. Um, ahead of Jim Prentice's uh, becoming the uh, the new premier, um, he held that seat for five consecutive terms, won by you know large landslides. Basically, um, you know, increased his margin each time. Weren't there points when he was the highest vote getter mm-hmm. in, in for the PCs and all of Alberta? Safe. It's yeah. very safe. I mean, it has been held by liberal uh, liberals in the past, but uh, you know, for the last five five terms, it's been a very safe seat. And uh, and uh, so um, this race is going to be pretty interesting. This is the race that our unelected health minister Steve Mandel is going to be running in, uh, and uh, it's been really interesting to see the slate of candidates that have been uh, put up by the opposition parties, uh, the NDP. He is running Dr. Bob Turner. He's a veteran oncologist um, in the city and, and, and pretty well known. He came out swinging really hard right away when, when uh, he launched his campaign saying that he's running to hold Mandel's feet to the fire and uh, questioning Mandel's credibility on the health file and, and whether or not he actually has the ability to manage that portfolio. The Wild Rose are running a businessman, Tim Grover. I haven't really heard a lot about him before, but uh, you know, the the Wild Rose is painting him as a as a, a really strong candidate there as well. And then the Liberals came out with a uh, candidate this week, a nursing professor, Donna Wilson, who is going to be running. So it is really sort of shaping up to be a bit of a referendum on on whether or not Mandel is suitable as a health minister. And I think it's going to be a really interesting race. There's also, of course, the Alberta Party. Uh, Party President Will Munsey is going to be running there. He's a berry farmer and uh, and, a locomotive engineer, I believe, with uh, CN. So he'll also be running there. I think it's going to be a really interesting race. There's a really interesting sort of uh, crop of candidates there that have come up and, and and they're, they're out campaigning. They're going really strong. Uh, as a by-election race, that's for one of the, the two unelected cabinet ministers that we have, Steve Mandel, the other one being Gordon Dirks, who's going to be running in Calgary. I think it's going to be a really interesting race because that's what people, that's what the, the can- opponents are going to be attacking him on, is the fact that he is not elected. Yeah, I, I, think, yeah. I think it's a really fascinating referendum on his appointment because, I mean, Munsey is actually a, a, res- you know, a, a decent candidate for the Alberta Party, but by putting up Donna Wilson, who's a very respected nursing professor, as well as a highly respected oncologist and the NDP candidate, I mean, it will really be a chance for people of credibility to ask Stephen Mandel what he wants to do as health minister. I mean, I think Mandel 
has a lock on that seat. But I'm really glad that these aren't sacrifice candidates. I'm really glad that the opposition parties are running strong, credible candidates, you know, any one of whom, frankly, would make a perfectly good MLA, so that we'll get a real race in White Mud. And I think that's much, much healthier for everyone. Okay, Graham, do you want to talk to us about uh, the riding that Jim Prentice has decided to to put his name up for down in Calgary? Um, which riding it's is that again? Calgary Foothills. It's not. I, ca- I wanted to say Calgary Elbow, but that is not correct. No, <laughs> we would not want to go there. Calgary Foothills, this is a riding that um, it's opened up because Len Weber, the PCMLA, is or leaving. Not, n- not a PCMLA when he well, left. He's an, yes. <laughs> The point here is that he won it under the PC banner, and this riding has gone PC ever since uh, Lougheed uh, came into power in 1971. It's been um, been PC all the way. Oh, it's never, ever changed, not even once. No. So Weber actually, um, he did sit as an independent. Um, He left the caucus as an independent, but um, he is running federally as a conservative candidate in that area. And Prentice actually doesn't live in the riding. He lives in Calgary Mountain View, but that's a riding represented by David Swan, a liberal, so he can't have him step down, you would think. Apparently not. Um, so it's Calgary Foothills. It's Prentice. Um, he's up against uh, the Wild Roses put up Kathy McDonald. She's a, a retired police officer, 25 mm. years in the force, uh, an expert on cybercrime. Uh, so she seems like a, a very credible candidate. You've got the NDP's got uh, Jennifer Burgess. Um, she's a communications consultant. I think she was going to run in Calgary Prentice. In other words, wherever Prentice ran, oh. they'd be putting her up. <laughs> okay. The NDP is not particularly strong these days in Calgary. They have been in the past, but not not um, not recently. The Alberta Party has um, Michelle Glavine as a teacher, and uh, the Greens have um, Polly Knowlton Cockett, an environmental educator. The issue here, I think, is, of course, <coughs> the Wild Rose saying, look, send a message to the government. And that's the, their, their banner nowadays is send a message. And so they would love to trip up Prentice, obviously. Mm-hmm. But the party, the Wild Rose, is, is dampening down expectations, saying it's going to be an uphill fight. Uh, we know it's going to be difficult. Um, even Rob Anderson, one of their MLAs, who's not from Calgary, he's from uh, Airdrie, has said uh, the door knocking is going really well. People quite like the Wild Rose, what they're saying. But he said that once people realize, oh, the premier is running here, mm. that that incumbency, if you can call it that, is going to help Prentice. And so we're expecting him to, to win this. But by-elections are always uh, weird. They can't go weird directions. But it's interesting. If people really do want to send a message to the, the Tories and trip them up and cause complete chaos and confusion within the government, the best way to do it is defeating Prentice in his own riding, which is unlikely. But hey, We'll see. And what's interesting, again, is that Kathy McDonald is not a sacrifice candidate. She's a, a, a well-known public speaker. She's a university lecturer. She's, you know, educated. She's telegenic. She, you know, she is, um, it's interesting, the Tories aren't running any female candidates, and the Wild Rose has gone out of its way to recruit a whole bunch of telegenic female candidates, and she's certainly one of them. The thing that I think surprised a lot of people here is that this was not one of the ridings that was, I guess it was one that was in play for Prentice as a possibility, yeah. but on Monday... He announced at 11.30. At 11.40, I was sitting at a luncheon with David Zhao, a Tory MLA from Edmonton McClung, sitting next to me. And I said, oh, yeah, so he's running in Foothills. And Zhao said, no, no, he's not running in Foothills. <laughs> I had to actually look it up, and I said, no, he's running in Foothills. And and then Zhao said, I wonder why Len would have done that. Huh. And, you know, I guess the, the question is, uh, Len Weber wasn't a Tory. 
he certainly didn't have to step down to make way for Prentice, who was not his leader. But he's running federally. He needs Prentice's support probably to make a credible federal run. Uh, and I think, you know, there's probably a little quid in the pro and the quo mm. that uh, that Weber steps down to, well, to make way for clear. Prentice. Weber is a Tory. He, yeah. He, 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 he left the caucus because he was trying to make a statement about Redford. Right. It wasn't because of the party. He was trying to distance himself from Redford so he could have a better chance at running for the federal nomination. This guy's a conservative. He's a Tory. He just did it for his own political gain. And these guys are all tied together, which is why he stepped down for his buddy Prentice. And you're right. There'll be some sort of reward, I imagine, that'll be hinted at at the very least for for him. For weeks, possibly months, we've been saying that we expected Neil Brown to step down. Does anyone know why that didn't happen and why that was not the by-election that was called? Does, that, did well, you, does anyone have any... I want the inside intel here. If anyone has any, I guess I could just call up Mr. Brown and ask. No, I have no inside. <laughs> uh, we had heard last week that it was seemed unlikely that um, Neil Brown was going to step down. We'd, but we've been thinking for some time. He'd actually offered to step down, so we assumed that. You should never assume these things, I guess. And we don't know why he didn't. I think Weber was, in a sense, maybe more logical because one, uh, he was leading. But only, only once he, only once he locked that nomination, which, yeah. absolutely which happened on just, yeah, just on the, the day before the, day before the by-election announcement was made. Uh, okay, well, let me lay out who is going to be running in Calgary, Elbow, which of course is in play because the former MLA and Premier Allison Redford decided to. Uh, eventually uh, resigned that seat. So this is where Gordon Dirks, the new unelected, as yet, education minister, is uh, is going for a, a seat, which, well, we can talk about whether that seems like a crazy idea or not. And he is going to be up against... Now, this is another race that I think is going to be really interesting to watch. This is where the Wild Rose have nominated uh, John Fletcher, who's a former uh, colonel, Canadian Forces colonel, uh, someone who's involved in the oil industry and uh, a lawyer. There's a lot of lawyers in this in this particular uh, batch of, uh, of, of candidates. The Alberta Party, of course, is running their leader, Greg Clark, and they've been really aggressive, at least on social media. And they have a very interesting team yeah. uh, behind that campaign, That's of right. course, led by Stephen Carter, who was Redford's former chief of staff and campaign strategist. So And, and helped out greatly by Kathleen Smith, a.k.a. Kiki planet who's been down there campaigning very hard for Greg Clark. But having said that, he got 2% of the vote last time. He lived in the riding, got mm-hmm. 2% of the vote last time. So right. It's a bit of an uphill climb to go from yeah. 2% for, to Oh, for sure. Winning. For sure. And then the Liberals have nominated Susan Wright, who is another, I think, a respected oil uh, a lawyer in the oil and gas industry most recently. And the NDP has nominated another lawyer, Stephanie McLean, who is, uh, is going to be carrying their banner. So what do you guys think about this race? I mean, is this... Is this the seat that's most up for grabs, do you think? It no, seems I, I that think Calgary West is most up for grabs. Okay. Well, I'll I was going to say, on, on Elbow, well, this is a writing that's actually gone to the opposition. You go back to 2007. After This was Klein's old writing. When mm-hmm. Klein stepped down, he retired. The Liberals won this writing. And this was a protest vote from Calgary. He didn't like uh, Premier Stalmack at the time. Um, but this was a protest vote against the government then. So the Liberals won. Of course, then Redford won it back for the uh, the Tories in 2008. So this is a writing that does have a history of sending a protest um, vote to the government. So and potentially it could be very interesting. And I'd love to know how grouchy a mood they're in down there. They've been dealing with flood, the flood in that riding, right? They've been, you know... Had an absentee yeah. MLA. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. An, an MLA who sort of abandoned the midstream. But, you know, there's so many strong, credible candidates mm-hmm. here that 
you know, I don't like to call, talk about vote splitting because it's a market people are allowed to run. Uh, but I think that probably there will be the discontent will be diffused among all those different credible opposition candidates. I mm-hmm. think Dirks is probably safe. Yeah, so that's just it. Exactly. So if you don't like the government, there's a whole bunch of candidates you can vote for. And that, I think, will likely um, spread out the vote. And this vote splitting. It means that the liberals, the liberals have a good candidate, Wild Rose, um, the, uh, the Alberta Party. So it may be a case where they all get some, some support and Dirks goes up to the middle. God, wouldn't it be wonderful if in the general election all of the ridings were like this as well and that all of the parties had such amazing candidates? But that's, I know there's a lot of ridings in play during a general election. Paula, I know you're dying to tell us about Calgary West. Yeah, I mean, you, which, you, which assi- I, you assigned me Calgary West and now I've decided I really care about Calgary West. That's right. Way more. <laughs> that's yeah. right. Which I, I'm a homer. So, okay, having, having been assigned responsibility for caring about Calgary West, I now care a lot because I've decided Calgary West is far and away the most interesting of these by-elections because it's my <laughs> Um, and, and actually, no, objectively speaking, I think it is really interesting because this is the one place where the Tories don't have a sure thing star candidate lined up. Their candidate is Sergeant Mike Ellis, who's a, a Calgary uh, city police officer, and he's been a sort of a perennial candidate for this riding. This is not the first time that he's run there, and he was involved in trying to get the nomination in the very, very ugly race where Ken Hughes won, and there were all these questions about whether there had been uh, misconduct in in the race, and he eventually withdrew. I mean, he wasn't, he wasn't in the thick of the of the action. It was a, a different candidate. Um, and the, Anyway, um, so Ellis is back in this riding. Uh, he has some name recognition as a failed candidate there before, but that's not really the kind of name recognition that guarantees you a seat. Mm. So, I mean, this is a very competitive race. The, uh, the Wild Rose just announced uh, late this week. They have a bit of a star candidate here, Sheila Taylor, who's a member of the Calgary Board of Education, a former Imperial Oil executive another one of the Wild Rose's attractive young female candidates. And I don't wish to sound, you know, like a sexist twerp here, but I think it is interesting that Danielle Smith has put together a slate of candidates who do not look like a bunch of crabby old white men. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, I think that's going to be an interesting race. The uh, NDP are running uh, Brian Malkinson, who is another one of their sort of perennial candidates. He's run, I think, federally as well as provincially. And the uh, Alberta Party has nominated Troy Millington. And I don't think... I believe the liberals? the liberals have somebody no. there yet. They're they're a so. little behind in nominating uh, their some of their candidates in Calgary. Uh, I think they've got Susan Wright, right, and that's it uh, at this point. And and again, you know, I think people in Calgary West, Ken Hughes, not the warmest and cuddliest of guys. I don't know how crabby people in Calgary West are about uh, the representation that they've had, and if this might be the one riding where people feel safe about sending a protest because you probably don't want to not vote for the premier or for one of his chosen unelected cabinet ministers. But maybe this is the riding where the anger against the Tories will coalesce because not electing Mike Ellis probably doesn't have the same risk as not electing Jim Prentice. I wanted to ask, why did Ken Hughes decide to resign? I was really surprised by this because he talked about the need for renewal in his statement. But if the party is wanting to do renewal, he was only elected in 2012. So he is hardly the place where I would say, 
oh, I'm sorry, you've served your time. I mean, I know he has that history with the with the health with you know Alberta Health and working on the on the health boards. But d- does anyone know? Like, did did that strike anyone else as a weird thing to say? Like, well, we need renewal. But like, dude, you only been elected once for provincially. I it's for me, it sort of followed the trend of Ken Hughes this year, mm-hmm. which was quitting everything he started. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, frankly, oh, that's very true. He, Sad, he, true. He was a minister and then quit to explore the potential of maybe running in the PC leadership race. And then he said he'd run in the PC leadership race. And then he quit that race so that Prentice could run. And um, and then he told us he was not going to be seeking re-election in 2016. And then a few weeks later came out and said, oh, actually, I'm not going to be an MLA as of today either. And so, you know, it, it was sort of surprising, I guess, but not that surprising considering he'd said he wasn't going to be seeking re-election in 2016. You know, and, and the Premier Prentice has been really trying hard to say that the the province is under new management. We've heard that time and time again, and um, and I don't know necessarily. I mean, I, I I think that yes, you're right. He's only been in, you know, in the in the legislature for a short time, but you know that whole history with AHS and everything else. You know, maybe maybe people do sort of see him as an old face. Yeah, and he was a cabinet minister in the Redford government, so that can't. Uh, I guess he's he's. I, some people will think he's tainted by that. Well, do you guys think this is going to be an expensive batch of by-elections in terms of how much the parties spend to fight them? Do do we have a sense yet of, of if if the Wild Rose is going to be dumping all kinds of money on this, or is everyone holding back till 2016? I imagine they'll be spending a lot of money on these. I mm. think that especially um, Calgary, um, Elbow, and Calgary West, it's a good point that uh, Paula raises. The upside for the government having um, Mike Ellis in the race is that it's one more new face. The downside is... Um, they, he may be the weakest of the lot in terms of um, getting getting elected. Uh, but in terms of money, the Wild Rose is kind of caught on this. Um, they want to try and defeat somebody. They would love to defeat somebody um, and actually win a seat. They'll be putting money into this. So the upside is if they can get even one person elected, that's a big win. The problem is going to be if they get nobody elected, um, that's a, a hit against them, which is why they are right now dampening expectations, saying it's an uphill climb. All the, the momentum is in favor right now of, of uh, the government. So even though they want to win, they're saying they can win, they're, they're, they're dampening down expectations. But you've got to believe they'll be spending money on these writings to try and take off at least one of them. You know, four months ago, I never would have imagined us talking about how it was likely that you know, most of the PC candidates would win their races in by-elections because I, I would have thought that the brand was so toxic. But now we're actually, we're talking about how the the opposition parties are the ones that struggling. It seems very strange to me. Why is that? Well, well, uh, quickly, uh, 10 seconds. Because <laughs> Apprentice has managed to hit the reset button, I think, very effectively. Mm. Uh, that's one thing. Of course, they've done this many times before. They bring in a new leader and they manage to, you know, get that victory again. This is like a mini election we're seeing right now. And I think people, there's still that default setting. People still want to have a reason to vote conservative, I think. And so we'll see what actually happens. It's going to be fascinating. By-elections, though, are are, uh, unpredictable creatures. They can go sideways. Mm -hmm. You know, I think in Mandel and maybe also in Dirks, they have star candidates who are outsiders. So, you know, you can't tar Mandel in particular with anything that had to do with the Redford regime. He was one of the Redford regime's loudest critics. Um, So, I mean, I think that's a very canny strategy. But if I were the Wild Rose, I'd be putting my money into Calgary West because I think if they <laughs> if they can't win Calgary West, I don't think anybody really expects them to defeat 
Prentice or even Mandel. But if they can't win West, that's a very bad sign for them. Mm, okay. We've covered a lot of ground on these by-elections, and we've covered so much ground that I'm not I'm not sure that we actually have time to talk about anything else because we've we we should just focus on the by-elections. One more question related to the by-elections: How on earth does governing happen in the midst of these by-elections? Because every picture I've seen on social media in the past from politicians, it's they're all out campaigning with you know one of these candidates in these different four ridings with from their various parties. Like, is any actual business going to get done? Well, well, yeah, the you know, government can still function, and it's only for four weeks. And they will be doing more announcements. But in terms of this, they'll be going through the the, uh, the by-elections, and then the uh, session starts November 17th, and then they get down to the business. But yeah, the government can still function. All right. Well, you know what? Let's move to our good stuff from the gallery. This is our segment where we recommend some listening, viewing, or reading that has usually a political connection. Not always. Sometimes it's all about astronomy. Uh, oh. <laughs> Hey, I like that one. But anyway, something we think you would enjoy because we also enjoyed it or found it interesting. Who, Paula, do you want to start? I do want to start because my thing is is almost a week old now and so everybody should read it fast. And this this was a, a, a manifesto, I don't know what to call it, that came out late last Friday from Nahid Nenshi, the mayor of Calgary, who was very, very unhappy with the Prentice government's announcement about flood mitigation in the Calgary region. Now, he had a number of reasons to be unhappy, some some practical and some political, uh, including the fact that he, the mayor of Calgary, had not actually been invited to the announcement about a huge multi-million dollar infrastructure plan for Calgary with flood mitigation, which runs contrary to what he and his engineers had already been planning. You have to read this thing. It is the funniest. It is the most aggressively passive-aggressive thing I've ever read. And it kind of starts by saying, you know, the Prentice government promised that we would be working together, you know, collegially and cooperatively. We look forward to this. Ah. And it goes on from it there. Sounds it sounds just is, plain aggressive-aggressive. It no, it's so <laughs> polite. There's nothing in there that you could point to and say, that's a shot. It's the whole thing, the texture and the tone of it. It's all between the lines. Between the lines, it's a big... Bad, bad word yours. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't even fill in that blank without violating CRTC uh, standards. Well, we're not, so. we're not governed by the CRTC. We're online. We can say whatever we like. I'm only, I'm only governed by Margot Goodhand's good taste. So, <laughs> so let's just say that um, we should all be as measured as Mr. Nenshi was because that was the most polished, elegant middle finger I've ever seen any politician give. It's quite the piece of art. You should go read it. Okay, we will post a link to that. I'm going to recommend something that's a little bit, it's a little bit older, but it is a, they have a new season on, and I lots of our listeners probably listen to and enjoy This Is That on CBC Radio, that satire show, but I was going to recommend something completely different, but on my way in, they rebroadcast a segment about a, a fake Edmonton City Councillor proposing that Edmonton's slogan, Gateway to the North, be changed to Portal of the Universe. And I laughed my head off because <laughs> once again... Edmonton is going down this road where we're talking about changing our entry signs into the city, which of course brings up the slogan. Uh, one of the councillors, one of the new councillors brought this up and uh, I just thought, well, how perfect. We should just put up a sign that says portal to the universe. And That and is, that is the greatest sketch. It is well worth re-listening to. It is. And I can only imagine the poor people who don't realize that it's satire who think that Edmontonians are quite a bunch of fools for have electing this fake counselor. All right, so I'll, this is that on CBC Radio. 
Graham, do you want to go uh, next? Quickly, uh, mine isn't as entertaining as yours. Um, it's in the New Yorker. Uh, this week's edition is called The Fight of Their Lives. And uh, the subheading is um, The White House Wants the Kurds to Help Save Iraq from ISIS. The Kurds may be more interested in breaking away. It's an article that explores just how complex this complicated part of the world is. The U.S. is happy to support the Kurds fighting uh, the um, ISIS in Iraq because the Kurds have been really effective at that. But the Kurds want to break away from Iraq, and the U.S. government doesn't want to support them. So this tug of war between the U.S. supporting the Kurds who are fighting ISIS and then not supporting them when it comes to breaking away. So it just shows the... Um, how the U.S. is uh, enmeshed in this bizarre case of politics in the Middle East, yet another one, and how this is more complex, it seems, every day this area gets even more complicated than it was yesterday. Indeed. And they seem to be pulling us along with them into the complicated... Into the abyss. Yes. Mm-hmm. Miriam, on that happy note, do you have a... What's your good stuff for us? Mine is a light and funny read. Oh, thank um, It is... Um, called Paul Calandra unreservedly apologizes to this turkey. (laughs) (laughs) It is a very funny sketch written by uh, McLean's Magazine writer Scott Festchuk and it is basically having a bit of fun with um, the tradition of uh, Stephen Harper's underlings standing up in the House of Commons to provide nonsensical non-answers to legitimate questions posed by the opposition and it all sort of culminated with a non-apology apology by Paul Calandra this week in the House of oh, Commons. Oh, he cried, Marion. He did and he apologized for the ridiculous answers that he provided and then sort of at, with an asterisk said, but I'll probably do it again. Yeah. Um, and so this is a really, it sort of takes place at the, at um, um, the uh, Prime Minister's home for Thanksgiving dinner and Paul Calandra <laughs> continues to rise during dinner, you know, make a toast. <laughs> it's very funny, uh, very quick read and, you know, considering Thanksgiving's coming up, perfectly appropriate. So uh, everyone give that a, a read. I posted it on Twitter too today. I had a great laugh. Okay, thanks for that, Miriam. And we'll put all those links up on our website. That is it for this week. Thanks to Graham, Paula, and Miriam for painting a complete picture for me of uh, what's going on in the by-elections. I I feel better. I was kind of scattered on the whole subject, but uh, I think I have it all now. And thank you to journal videographer and photographer Sean Butts for this week's video production. You'll find a video excerpt of our discussion at edmontonjournal.com. Previous episodes of the Press Gallery are archived on our website at edmontonjournal.com slash opinion. Or if you prefer, you can download the podcast for free from iTunes or listen via our website. And uh, usually all of the archive episodes live on the opinion page, as I mentioned. You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash the press gallery. And uh, tell us what you think about the by-elections. We'd love to find out which you are going to be watching most closely, uh, especially if you don't actually have one happening in your backyard. And thank you for listening. We'll be back next week in the press gallery.